Okay, let's see here. It is 22 May. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report for the week. They're always watching. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, I uh, would like to remind you, I said I wasn't going to do it anymore, but I've enjoyed it so much that I want people to enjoy it as well, is the CG Report, T-H-E-C-G-R-E-P-O-R-T.com. You can go online. I update it twice a day, except maybe not on Mondays. You know, it all depends. Mondays are very long, uh, tedious days with sermon typing, but it gets updated at least once on Monday, and there's always new news. There's never a lack of news out there. I can tell you that right now. So please be sure to check that out and also send it to other people. Let them know what's out there. I've just really been enjoying this and uh, you, it's just prompted me to find all kinds of new stuff as well. And I'll maybe talk about something uh, along those lines in a minute, if I remember. Anyway, uh, for now, we got some news from Israel today. From the Jerusalem Post, IDF opens largest training drill in Israeli history. This started last week. It's ongoing right now. Thousands of soldiers and reservists take part in the drill dubbed Chariots of Fire. Anybody remember who played that music? Yeah, the movie. I, but who played the music? For the movie? He died this week. Vangelis. Okay, da 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 da. I better not do it or they'll censor me for, you know, the, the music censors will pick it up and say you owe somebody money. So, whatever. There you go. Chariots of Fire is what the name of the drill is, including the Air Force, Navy, and regular and reserve forces. The four week drill will simulate a multi front and multi dimensional war against Israel's enemies in the air, at sea, on land, and on the cyber front. There won't be a unit that doesn't take part in this drill, the entire nation. IDF spokesman Brigadier General Ron Hohav said, The goal of the drill is to improve the readiness of the entire military and examine the ability of troops to carry out a powerful and prolonged campaign against enemy forces. It will also reveal logistics and firepower issues that soldiers might face in war. The drill aims to improve cooperation between the IDF government ministries, security organizations, and civilian bodies, including their capabilities to transform from routine to full emergency scenario with multiple areas that are constantly evolving. The drill is unique and unprecedented in scope and will enable the Army to maintain a high level of readiness in an ever-changing environment. It aims to improve the military's capabilities in an intense, multi-front, and prolonged war on all borders. Okay, from the Times of Israel, Ra'am delays statement on Knesset dissolution bill, citing reporters' death. Okay, the Ra'am was talking about uh, putting out a statement. That's the Muslim party, the Arab faction of the Knesset, and uh, then the reporters' death, which you probably heard about. There was a Palestinian reporter that was shot about a week and a half ago. And, you know, they will not release the bullet to Israel. And Israel says, we can't determine who did it unless we have the bullet. But, of course, the U.S. is now 45 
members of Congress are saying we need to have an investigation and the UN is involved and, you know, a reporter got shot. This kind of thing happens, especially when you're in the middle of people shooting each other. But um, the Islamist Ra'am party announced that it was canceling a scheduled press conference in which it was expected to announce its decision on whether it would vote with the coalition to fend off an expected legislative attack later in the day. The announcement was made in the wake of the death of a veteran journalist during an Israeli raid in the West Bank. What's going on is Israel's uh, current government is falling apart, okay? And so it looks like we're going to be back where we've been for the past three years, which is not a bad thing. But I read an article just on the same subject. I think it was last week that I think it was six or eight. It was a much larger number than normal uh, number of reporters have gotten shot over this past year, okay? None of them made the news, or they made it, and it was gone. This lady, they just keep bringing it up in every government agency around the planet because Israel's involved. All right, from our Shiva, Netanyahu, a government dependent on terror supporters, speaking of Ra'am, can't fight terror. From our Shiva, what is the Palestinian Authority hiding and refusing a joint investigation? Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's international spokeswoman, Karen Hajioff, questioned why the Palestinian Authority stubbornly refused to allow a joint investigation into the death of Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh. From the Times of Israel, Israel murdered reporter Representative Tlaib charges drawing condemnation from ambassador. This is all happening within the past, we'll say, seven days. Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Michael Herzog accused Palestinian-American congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of rushing to a biased conclusion after she said Israel murdered Al Jazeera correspondent Shireen Abu Akleh. In an unusually strident statement for an Israeli ambassador, Herzog charged on Twitter that Tlaib was undermining justice. One would expect a member of Congress to support our call for an impartial joint Israeli-Palestinian investigation of this tragic event, rather than rushing to a biased conclusion. Like it said right there in the article, this is something that a ambassador will normally not do, is call out a high-ranking official of the United States government. Unfortunately, this high-ranking official is basically a communist, and she also is a, uh, she supports terrorism around the world, and so he's calling her out. Acting as the judge, jury, and executioner undermines the causes of justice and peace, the ambassador wrote. Jewish News, Queen's speech over in the UK. Queen's speech includes BDS bill to stop public bodies targeting Israel. Legislation aimed at stopping local councils bringing in BDS policies that target Israel have been announced in the Queen's speech marking the state opening of Parliament. The yearly address to Parliament, which outlines the government's agenda for the next session, confirmed the inclusion of the government's anti-BDS proposals, which would prevent public bodies engaging in boycotts that undermine community cohesion. Good. She is taking a support for Israel on that. I'm glad to see it. From the Al Jamainer. Israeli drone maker to supply advanced systems to U.S. Department of Defense. Israeli company Extend, which specializes in human-guided autonomous drones for use by militaries and law enforcement, announced that it will supply hundreds of its Wolverine systems to the U.S. DOD. The drones were developed under the joint leadership of the DOD and Israel's Ministry of Defense. 
and are designed to protect U.S. military forces in the field. The contract follows joint Israeli and American research and development involving the Israeli Defense Ministry, the DOD's Irregular Warfare Technical Support Directorate, and EXTEND. Made in the United States, the small, lightweight, and rugged Wolverine is affordable, versatile, and has low power consumption. Easy to use, it enables operators, even those with no flight experience, to perform extremely precise remote tasks, maneuvers, and actions in complex environments, indoor or outdoor, with minimal training and maintenance, added the company. So there you go. Good stuff for Israel on that one. And then from the Times of Israel, Israel to end mandatory masking aboard international flights tomorrow, May 23rd. So people flying in and out of Israel no longer have to wear those face diapers. (laughs) Okay, we got some news from Christianity here. Jerry Jeffer emailed me. He said, I have finally caught up with the sermons after about three years, every sermon we've ever done. So he is now current with us in Deuteronomy. Also, uh, Silas, many of you have helped him out over the years in Kenya. Silas needs $7,400 to get materials to build three classrooms. So if you want to help out the uh, church in Kenya and the ministry he has over there, uh, let me know. I can get you his information, send it to you, and you can help him out over there with building some schools for some children in Kenya. From the Christian Post, Evangelical Lutheran Church short at least 600 pastors as many step away from ministry amid the pandemic. So over the past couple of years, and this isn't just the Evangelical Lutheran Church, this is all over the spectrum, okay, but the church itself, which is not a giant denomination, is missing 600 pastors, okay? Uh, They say that uh, 600 pastors a week step out of the pulpit, and you think, well, how can that be? It can be because it's, one, a very stressful job. Two, it's time-consuming. There's often little pay. There's very little appreciation uh, at many times, and there's a lot of abuse that you get as a pastor. I can tell you that personally. I'm not complaining. I absolutely love what I do, but I'm just telling you that I know pastors, and they'll email me and talk about things, and they go through many of these things. So um, having said that, that's why there are seminaries in America, and they're pumping out new pastors all the time, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds every single semester. And they get into the ministry, and they last a year or two, and they get burned out, and they're done. Okay, so you uh, want to make sure that if you are attending a church and you have a pastor that you love, you, and I'm not talking about superior word. I'm talking about people that listen to this that attend a church somewhere. You want to give them your support through prayers. You want to let them know that they're appreciated. I don't need that. I have a wife that appreciates me, and that's all I need. But other than that, um, uh, I would recommend this because it is a very taxing job. Okay. All right. Uh, from Christian Headlines, shocking new poll. Only 37% of U.S. pastors hold a biblical worldview. 37%. A majority of Christian pastors in the United States, and this is a Barna poll, do not hold a biblical worldview. It shows a spiritual awakening is needed just as desperately in our pulpits as in the pews. And my response to that particular comment from Barna is try a return to the Word of God. Okay? Pastors out there, they say I'm a biblical pastor, I have a biblical worldview, and they don't even know what the Bible 
teaches, okay? Or they just dismiss it as a bunch of fables, all right? I've been in denominations over the years where that was the case. And so, of course, you're going to have this type of thing when people say, oh, I love Jesus and I believe in the Bible, and they don't even know what they're teaching. They just get ordained and off they go, and they have no sense of what a biblical worldview means. The survey shows that only 37% of pastors in the U.S. hold that biblical worldview. Okay, my comment on that. Hence, a spiritual awakening is not at all what we need. We do not need more cliches. What we need is people being taught the word of God, okay? Uh, Praying for a spiritual awakening among the masses is fine. You don't need to pray for a spiritual awakening among pastors. You need to hire pastors that have a Bible and that are willing to teach that Bible, okay? If the pastor is already grounded in the Bible, he doesn't need a spiritual awakening. Everybody see the logic there? Cliches. We don't need those anymore. Among senior lead pastors, 41% possess a biblical worldview, the highest percent within the subgroups of pastors. Less than one-third of associate assistant pastors, 28%. Teaching pastors, 13%. And children's youth pastors, 12% hold a biblical worldview. My comment, this then is a problem with the senior pastors assigning unqualified people. If they're not qualified, you do not have a Sunday school. If they're not qualified, you don't need to have that pastor as a marriage pastor. You need to adjust your church so that there are people that are teaching properly, that are qualified, or do not include that in your ministry. If people leave the church over that, it's better to have them leave the church than to have this type of nonsense going on in your church. But that is not most people's focus. Bigger churches, more this, more that, more that. I'm sorry, if you're not holding to the word of God, it doesn't matter if you have 12 people or 20,000 people. Your church is a failure. This is another strong piece of evidence that the culture is influencing the American church more than Christian churches are influencing the culture. No surprise there. The survey's findings were based on 54 questions in eight categories related to a biblical worldview. Within those eight categories, the only one where a majority of pastors affirm a biblical worldview is related to the purpose and calling of life, 57%. A minority of pastors hold a biblical worldview in the other seven categories, family and the value of life, God, creation and history, personal faith practices, sin, salvation, and one's relationship to God, human character and human nature lifestyle, personal behavior, and relationships, and beliefs and behaviors related to the Bible, truth, and morality. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From Breitbart, does everybody or anybody here know what Nakba is? Comes around once a year, every year. It's catastrophe day. It's the day that the Jews became a nation again. On Nakba, Palestinian President Abbas vows to continue paying convicted terrorists for pay to slay. Okay, he's going to continue to pay these people and urge them to kill Jews. From Rair, media cover-up. Allah, screaming Muslim, stabs father in throat outside of his children's Catholic school. The media consistently acts as an attorney to defend jihadis and the Islamic ideology that motivates these attacks. For example, most of the articles written by French media claim the attacker claimed his motives were for God due not Allah. From the Times of Israel, German police, five stabbed and wounded on train in suspected Islamic terror attack. 
when somebody has got a knife out there stabbing people and yelling, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, you can guess it's pretty guaranteed what the motivation is. From Al Arabiya, Iran considers exporting gas to Europe. Iran is studying this subject, but we have not reached a conclusion yet. This is Iran, who is still under sanctions and is not supposed to be selling a barrel of gas to anybody, despite oil minister Majid Chengi was quoted as saying by the ministry's official news agency. Iran is always after the development of energy diplomacy and expansion of the market. Though Iran boasts of one of the world's largest proven gas reserves, its industry has been hit by U.S. sanctions that were reimposed in 2018 when Washington withdrew from a landmark nuclear deal between Tehran and world powers. Well, that all ended in 2020. So it doesn't matter what Trump did. The current president is allowing them to just go forward willy-nilly and make all the money they want and fund terrorists around the world. If there is a terrorist attack coming out of Iran or that can be linked to Iran, I want you to know that it is the total cause of Joe Biden. Okay? Remember that. Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent global oil and gas prices soaring, with many European countries dependent on energy imports from Russia. The situation worsened when Kiev said Russia had halted gas supplies through a key transit hub in the east of the Ukraine, fueling fears Moscow's invasion could worsen an energy crisis in Europe. Go Iran, says Joe Biden. From Newsmax, Taliban dissolves Afghanistan's Human Rights Commission and other key bodies. Well, they didn't need it anyway, but... Taliban authorities dissolved five key departments of the former U.S.-backed government, including the country's Human Rights Commission. And you haven't heard this from the lefts at all. If this was during the Trump admin, that's all you would hear 24 hours a day. But now that this other guy is in the White House, nobody will ever say anything about this. They've deemed them unnecessary in the face of a financial crunch. Afghanistan faces a budget deficit of $501 million this financial year. Taliban authorities said as they announced their first annual national budget since taking over the war-torn country last August. Because these departments were not deemed necessary and were not included in the budget, they have been dissolved. Authorities said the national budget was based on objective facts and intended only for departments that had been active and productive. So giving women rights over in Afghanistan is neither active nor productive. From Zero Hedge, Turkey not favorable to terror safe havens, Sweden, Finland entering. Okay, Sweden and Finland have appealed to enter into NATO. I don't need to read you all the articles. You've probably seen this and heard it all over the news and the left is all over this. We want this, we want this, we want this. Every NATO member must agree. If one NATO member does not agree, it will not happen. Turkey is not happy with this situation. Turkey, Turkey is worried about the terrorists in Finland and Sweden. That shows you how bad things are there. Turkey, okay? Al-Arabiya, Turkey outlines demands as Sweden, Finland seek NATO membership. And he submitted some of them yesterday, telling them you must get your terrorism under control. Turkey, zero hedge. Turkey looks to Kazakhstan to form new trade route to bypass Russia. Found something interesting from Mongolia, from the diplomat. A new Russian gas pipeline is a bad idea for Mongolia. 
The Suez Vostok pipeline, part of a larger Power of Siberia 2 project, will make Mongolia even more vulnerable to pressure from its autocratic neighbors. Remember, they have China on the south and they have Russia on the north. And they're almost beholden to them already. Get a pipeline from Russia and they will be. Okay. Mongolia can't afford to host a Russian gas pipeline, given the repercussions to political and religious freedom. Shelving the Suez Vostok pipeline project until better times is the best choice Ulaan Batar can make, given the current geopolitical environment and the state of its weakening democracy. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. So here's what we got with that from Breitbart. They're always watching. Thousands of popular websites see what you type before you submit. Okay, this is a clue that you never want to log in to a thing on your computer ever or your handheld device if you are, suppose you go to the airport, okay, and they give you access to use their Wi-Fi. Do not log into anything at that time, okay? You want to be logged in before that time. And then when you go there, you're already logged in because they can capture your information. Other people, well, websites can do that as well. So if they ask you for something and you get a web login from something else and you start typing, they can pick that up. So you have to be careful never to type anything when you're accessing something else. A recent research report claims that thousands of popular websites see what users type into forms before they hit submit. The researchers even found 52 websites where third parties had access to users' password data before submission, according to a study. Many websites track the information that users type into forums even before they do hit the submit button. Researchers analyzed the top 100,000 websites, the top, and looked at different scenarios such as users visiting a site while in the EU and visiting while in the US. The researchers found that 1,844 websites out of the top websites gathered EU users' email addresses without their consent, while 2,950 logged U.S. users' emails. Many sites reportedly incorporate third-party marketing and analytics software that automatically collects this info. If there's a submit button on a form, the reasonable expectation is that it does something that it will submit your data when you click it. The researchers noted that different sites engaged in different behaviors to collect data. Some logged keystroke by keystroke, while many grabbed complete submissions from one field when users clicked next. In some cases, when you click the next field, they collect the previous one. Like you click the password field and they collect the email, or you just click anywhere and they collect all the information immediately. So be careful. From CNBC, Google teases smart glasses prototype that translates languages in real time. Now, I've talked about this before, and it didn't pan out back then, but they are now working on it, and they have it actively able to do this. Okay, Google CEO Sundar Pichai teased a smart glasses prototype the company is working on that can translate languages in real time. Pichai showed a demo of augmented reality glasses that take its developments and transcriptions and deliver them in the user's sign of light. So you're looking through your glasses, you are seeing this translation right before your eyes. While they're still just a prototype, Google suggested the glasses can show live language translations to the person wearing them. 
the company first ventured into smart glasses roughly a decade ago. But Google Glass was unappealing to most consumers due to a limited launch, high initial pricing, and privacy concerns. Google, though, has appeared to keep pushing into the space. Pichai noted that the glasses will only be able to translate real languages and not phony ones made up in charismatic churches. No, we don't do gibberish, Pichai stated. Okay, the last sentence was just me. Okay, but my wife got a taste of this a couple days ago. Her sister contacted her through the iPad, okay? And so I sent her a message, and what I did is I typed it into Google Translate, and it translated immediately into Japanese, and I sent it, and she's like, well, how did you do that? And I said, I didn't. Google did it for me. And she read it, and it read perfectly, didn't it? So now we have that capability, and even more, you can now buy glasses that will tell you as somebody is speaking exactly what they're saying right in front of your eyes. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see how that's developing. Okay, before I go on going back to Google Translate, you always want to make sure that what you translate with Google Translate is something that you don't care about because they claim all rights to any translations they make, okay? And so I will not put Google Translate in as an app on my computer. I only use it on their website, and it's only for very short, hello, how are you doing stuff. For example, there's a girl in Germany that um, uh, translates the Genesis sermons into German, okay? And because she does that, and I'm appreciative of that, and she speaks English, obviously, rather than writing in English to her, I always respond in German. And so I go to Google Translate. It's just innocuous stuff. But if you have something in Google Translate, it is their property once you've done it. So please remember that. Okay, Revelation Plagues, Epic Times, higher COVID-19 infection rates among vaccinated children than unvaccinated CDC data show. Yes, shocking. Gateway Pundit. New peer-reviewed study finds Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine protection against Omicron wanes just a week after receiving second and third dose. One week of effectiveness for injecting something into your body, which is foreign. Sounds like a good deal to me. From the sun, Musa Yamak, dead at aged 38. German boxer collapses in a ring and suffers a heart attack in the ninth pro fight. Don't know what that's about. From Zero Hedge, India halts wheat exports as food security at risk. India prohibited wheat exports effective immediately. This is about seven days ago now, saying the nation's food security was under threat, partly due to heat waves that damaged yields in the country and disruptions to global grain markets in the Black Sea breadbasket region. The notice was published in the Government Gazette by the Director of Foreign Trade, yes, last Friday, so it was nine days ago now. It read, there is a sudden spike in the global food prices of wheat arising out of many factors. As a result, of which the food security of India, neighboring and other vulnerable countries, is at risk. India said it was still committed to exporting wheat to neighboring and other vulnerable developing countries which are adversely affected by the sudden changes in global market for wheat and are unable to access adequate wheat supplies. So India is saying we're going to provide for people first and then if somebody has a need after us, we will be willing to accommodate them. My guess is at a profit. 
from Mail On, and I'm talking about a greater profit. Mail Online, World Health Organization to convene emergency monkeypox meeting amid growing fears about world's outbreak as Germany becomes the 11th country to record a case of the tropical virus. What very few websites tell you, but which is uh, pretty much standard at this point, is that it is a homosexual transmitted disease. If you're hearing about monkeypox and how it's spreading all over the place, it's because of that. Okay, yes. Six of Britain's nine confirmed monkeypox cases are men who have had sex with men. Okay, the other ones brought it from Africa. They started it out, and of course, then it transmitted from there. So, um, talking about that before I go on to the next article, I have something to show you from thecgreport.com. It was posted this morning. I recommend that you go to thecgreport.com to get all of your news and information. So, here we go. Um, I, I want you all to be aware of this. You can download this now. I recommend you download this now because it might not be here soon. Uh, let's see here. Immunity from smallpox vaccine persists for decades. This is from the, uh, who is this? It's from the uh, NCBI, okay? Uh, NIH, National Institute of Health.gov. Okay, purpose, the threat of smallpox resulting from bioterrorist action has prompted a reassessment of the level of immunity in current populations. And they go down and they talk about these things. Vaccinated participants maintained anti-vaxia, IgG, and neutralizing antibody titers above three natural logs, essentially indefinitely. If you have been vaccinated against smallpox, which includes monkeypox, it is forever. It is indefinite in your body. They go on and they say, we tried it with non-vaccinated people, vaccinated once, vaccinated twice, and vaccinated three times. The one time vaccinated has essentially the same immunity as three times vaccinated. You are covered, okay? Uh, there are conclusions down at the bottom. I'll take you there. Let me see if I can find one other thing to read you very quickly. Um, there were three things on here I wanted to show you. Here's one right here. Um, Yes, what I just said to you. Uh, additional vaccines of three, four, or five inoculations resulted in a further but small significant increase in the IG maintenance titers out to 88 years after the final vaccine administration, whether it's one, three, five, or whatever. So you're fine there. I would print this off or at least download it. You can just keep it on your computer. There's one more down at the bottom I'd like to read you. Discussion. Who cares about discussion? Um, let's see your clinical significance. All right, clinical significance. Vaccina elicits antiviral antibody levels and virus neutralizing activity that remain elevated for the life of the patient. Multiple vaccinations achieve only a marginally higher level of antibody and virus neutralizing activity than single vaccination. If you've been in the military, you've certainly got it. Most of you, if you're, we're all old here. Uh, most of us had it when we were young anyway. Okay. Levels of, an hey, listen, Austin isn't here today. I'm being factual. Okay. Levels of antibodies and virus neutralizing activity are comparable in vaccinated individuals and those who developed smallpox and recovered. Vaccina should be first used on individuals who have never been vaccinated before. If you've never been vaccinated, great. If you have, you don't need it. Okay, so what's that? I, it's go to that, go to thecgreport.com and find right on the top, I've got three monkeypox linked articles. I think it's the bottom one. Click on that article. And then on the side, it says other formats. All you need to do is go to other formats, click on the PDF download, boop, it's in your computer or smart device, and you're set to go. Because I have a feeling that may not be there too long. If this continues to snowball and they can get people scared, they will.
Okay, uh, let's and if nothing happens, say you wasted 571 kilobytes of your computer space. Who cares? Hit delete. Okay. All right. So we have um, zero hedge. Egg prices soar as 10% of nation's hens are wiped out by the devastating bird flu. Inflation data tracked by the BLS found a dozen of eggs jumped 23% in April compared with the month before to 252. Prices reached levels not seen since 2016, a period that followed the highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak of 2014-15, which led to a 50% increase in egg prices in the second half of 2015. So we can expect that as we go on. Since January, the outbreak has spread to 32 states, killing more than 37 million chickens and turkeys. Of that, 29 million egg-laying hens have died, or about 10% of the U.S. total flock of 300 million. Bloomberg says the bird flu is shaping up to be the worst outbreak of its kind. They expect it to be worse than the last worst one. Breakfast has become the most expensive in years. It's not just eggs, orange juice, and wheat prices. They are also soaring. Egg prices could be headed higher as there's no indications the avian influenza spread is under control. This is just another sign that food shortages could get much worse in the second half of the year. Yes? Shouldn't we be finding dead birds all over the place? Uh, well, what it is is these birds carry it and they will poo over a, a hen farm. If one bird is found with it, they have to kill the entire farm. That's the law. Okay, and so that's why this is happening. Okay, and it you're not going to find them everywhere. You will find dead birds here and there. You'll find most dead birds in the United States where you will find most dead birds under the wind farms. Every wind farm kills hundreds of birds every single day. They've got piles of birds down there. Green energy is one of the most lethal things that we could do to this planet. One of the most lethal things is to introduce green energy. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Zero hedge. Ugh, I'm just so angry. Florida judge orders Vandal to write 25 pages of LGBT fiction in a jaw-dropping example of government imposing woke methodology on an individual citizen. A Florida judge recently ordered a man who defaced an LGBT mural to write 25-page essay centered on a thoroughly false premise that the 2016 massacre at the Gay Pulse nightclub in Orlando deliberately targeted the LGBT community. That's a lie. It's been proven a lie for years and years. They knew it all along, and yet this guy has to write this. Now, here's what happened. They put out a gay crosswalk, okay, which takes away my rights to not see a gay crosswalk. But he went out and he peeled his tires over this gay crosswalk. And he is being charged with an offense. He had to pay money. And now, listen to this, we'll continue. Though the baseless narrative is still embraced by opportunistic activists, pandering politicians, lazy journalists, and those they've misled, it's been well established since 2018 that self-described Islamic soldier Omar Mateen chose the club at random and that he viewed his attack purely as a retaliation for civilian casualties caused by U.S. military interventions in the Middle East. Coming after the chilling announcement that the DHS has established a disinformation governance board, the judge's use of coerced false speech as a form of rehabilitation added a bizarre twist to what had already been an Orwellian week in America. 
It's safe to say Florida Circuit Judge Scott Suskauer has no idea he's compelling false speech. Like countless others, Suskauer has likely been misled by relentless repetition of the false pulse narrative across both traditional and social media. Whatever his intentions, Suskauer's directive puts Jarek in an awkward position. His assignment is due June 8th, the same day Suskauer will hand down his final sentence. Though Jarek has already paid $2,000 to repair the mural, the president of the Palm Beach County Human Rights Council urged Suskauer to imprison Jarek for a year. Like I said, his rights were taken away the day they put that down there. To put out a gay mural on a street that you have to drive down is taking away my rights to not see a gay mural. It is sick. Okay, so prosecutors are seeking a 30-day jail sentence and five years probation. Jarek is thus under intense pressure to express ideas about the Pulse attack that match the judge's profoundly flawed understanding of it. In addition to instructing Jarek to research the 49 people killed in the Pulse attack, Suskauer said, I want your own brief summary of why people are so hateful and why people lash out against the gay community. All he needs to do is say because the left pushes the narrative, period. Even double-spaced, 25 pages equates to a very hefty 7,000 words or so, all centered on the false premise that Omar Mateen killed those 49 people because they were a part of the LGBT community. That's your rights in America, folks, being tossed out the window by a judge. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Please be sure to check out the Superior Word sermons as well. Okay, from Investment Watch, the NOPEC bill could send oil prices to $300. For decades, different forms of NOPEC legislation designed to pave the way for lawsuits against OPEC have been considered by Congress. Last week, the Senate Judiciary Committee approved the NOPEC bill, leading to pushback from both within and outside the United States. OPEC's most influential energy ministers warned that the bill could send oil prices soaring by 200 or even 300 percent. If the U.S. passes the NOPEC bill, a bill designed to pave the way for lawsuits against OPEC members for market manipulation, the oil market could face even more chaos. OPEC's most influential energy ministers warned against passing the legislation, suggesting it could send those oil prices up to and 300%. The last thing we want is someone to try to hinder that system. The UAE's energy minister, Al Mazroui, said at a conference in Abu Dhabi, referring to the system OPEC has had in place for decades to ensure supply to the market is adequate. Now, before I go on, have we had any problem with our oil prices until Biden got into office? There was never a need for this. It's the left always wanting to get the oil industry, get them, get them, get them, and to make a lot of money for their attorneys at the same time. That's always been the goal. And now we've got a president that is favorable to this type of thing because he wants to completely destroy the oil industry. And so I could see them pushing this and getting this through unless the Republicans are willing to block it. If you hinder that system, meaning the OPEC system, you need to watch what you're asking for because having a chaotic market, which is what Biden wants, you see it would be a two or 300% increase in the prices that the world cannot handle. 
As gasoline prices in America hit record highs, some lawmakers are looking to resurrect the NOPEC legislation that would allow the U.S. Attorney General to sue OPEC or its member states for antitrust behavior. Never mind that it's not OPEC that's causing this problem in any way, shape, or form. They have nothing to do with it. Forms of a NOPEC bill have been considered in Congress committees for nearly two decades, but they have never moved past committee discussions. Now, OPEC is warning of a greater market chaos if NOPEC becomes law. But it's not only OPEC that has been warning about the implications for America in setting a precedent to remove sovereign immunity. The most powerful oil lobby in the United States, the American Petroleum Institute, is also against such legislation, arguing it would bring unintended harm to America's oil and gas industry and American interests in the world, which is exactly what Biden wants. It's exactly what he wants. So I can see them pushing this. I can see it. So is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. While the White House expressed concerns about the potential implications of such a law, George W. Bush, Obama, both threatened to veto such legislation. This time, it's unclear if the bill would be moved for discussion at the Senate or then to Biden's desk. And it's unclear, I doubt this, whether he would sign such legislation into law. I guarantee you he would. Okay, we don't know if it'll ever make it out of the Senate, but if it gets to a Senate vote and it passes for some incredible reason, he will sign it 10 minutes later. Epic Times supermarket shooters alleged manifesto says he chose Buffalo, New York, because of strict gun control laws. He knew they had strict laws. They only allow a certain number of bullets in a clip or a magazine or whatever it's called. Somebody chided me on that last week. Okay. All I know is that he purposefully chose them because he knew that he would have nobody shooting back at him. Not what you're hearing on the news, but that's the truth. Breitbart, Buffalo Mayor Brown, we need sensible gun control. They've got more gun control in New York than you couldn't fill the wall here, and it would still have more paper to keep filling with their gun control. That's not the problem. Breitbart, New York Governor Hochul, we need national laws to deal with guns, social media. It's not the problem. The problem is Democrats. Every Democrat city in this nation has high gun problems. The non-Democrat cities don't have high gun problems. The problem is Democrats. Mail online. Bloody weekend in Milwaukee. Democrat. Mayor issues curfew for people under 21 after three people were killed and 25 injured in nine shootings across the city, including outside a Bucks game. Democrat City. Mail Online, another bloody American weekend. Gun violence sees 22 killed in shootings across America, including boys 16 in Chicago. At least 22 people were killed and 50 injured in shootings this weekend. In Chicago, Democrat, a 16-year-old boy was fatally shot near the Bean Sculpture. In Buffalo, Democrat, 10 people were shot and killed at a supermarket. At a California Democrat church, one was killed and several others injured in a shooting. Anybody see a common denominator there? From SMH, and that's not shaking my head, even though I am shaking my head. Okay, Sydney Morning Herald. Russia has lost a third of ground forces in Ukraine attack. Despite small-scale initial advances, Russia has failed to achieve substantial territorial gains over the past month while sustaining consistently high levels of attrition. Russia has now likely suffered loss of one-third of the ground combat force it committed in February. That's a lot of young men that have died. Yahoo! Let someone whack you. 
Russian troops are now deliberately wounding themselves to get out of Putin's war. Newsmax, Russia sends experienced torturers to deal with mutinous soldiers. Russia's security service, the SBU, said that experienced torturers were being sent to quell an insurgency in the military and humiliate soldiers who refused to fight the Ukrainians. General Rustam Murodov, notorious for his atrocities in Syria after Russia intervened in a 2015 civil war, was among officials sent to deal with mutinous soldiers. Fox, Florida AG, documents uncovered show Biden, Mayorkas know their border policies help cartels and hurt the United States. They lied openly to the Congress. Nothing will be done about it. Yes, documents show Biden and his DHS Alejandro Dorcas are knowingly engaging in policy making that benefits transnational smuggling cartels and endangers the U.S. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody announced that her office has obtained documents she said show Mayorkas did not tell the truth when he testified to Congress that DHS was effectively managing the Mexican border. Biden, she said, is the ringleader of an unconscionable cover-up of immigration policy breakdowns. Dorcas Mayorkas testified under oath to Congress, and I showed last week that that was a lie when he said the policies were not affecting this historical illegal immigration into our country. And now we have uncovered through Florida's litigation that not only does Biden understand that the transnational criminal organizations are facilitating, organizing, and profiting millions from the illegal immigration into our country, they also understand with the cancellation of Title 42, and this is, in CBP's words, there will be significant safety implications. It's not that they don't know. They know it, and they know that it is going to be significant. We are going to be harmed greatly by what is coming in the weeks and months ahead because of their policies. They knew it, and they openly lied to Congress. Openly. From the Gateway Pundit, Arizona... Governor Doug Ducey begins busing illegal aliens to Washington, D.C. Texas has already been doing it. Now Arizona's doing it. Epic Times, consumer confidence slips to 11-year low. Who was in office 11 years ago? 11-year oh. low amid elevated inflation. Do you know that that guy, Obama, never had, I think it's a 3% per year increase. The first president in the history of the universe. No president has ever not gotten a 3% increase in the national GDP, I think it was. Okay, and he didn't do it. But even to this day, the news media says, oh, he had one of the highest quarterly increases in U.S. history. Why was it? Does anybody remember why that was? Does anybody remember something called cash for clunkers? All that money was pumped into there. The national GDP went way, way up, and then it dropped way, way down after that. He was a failure, and his same failed policies are being brought to bear on America again, but with gusto this time, okay? From Newsmax, now listen to this. Russia's burning through $15.5 million per hour in three-month war with the Ukraine. That sounds like a lot of money. That sounds like they are really losing their shirt. Next article. Zero Hedge. What sanctions? 
Russian oil revenues soar 50%, hitting record high. We learned that contrary to the intentions of European countries, a calculation by a German think tank found that Russia's oil and gas revenues hit a record high in April, rising to 1.8 trillion rubles in a single month, after a 1.2 trillion in March, leading to the following stunning statistics. After only four months, Russia's federal budget has now already received 50% of the planned oil and gas revenue for 2022. Moscow earned roughly $20 billion each month in 2022 from a combined sale of crude and products amounting to about 8 million barrels a day. Okay, so here's the deal. They're losing a lot of money in the war, but they're rebuilding their war effort and they're making a ton of money off of oil. These sanctions are all a lie. This is one country and another country profiting off the war industry and young men are being killed on both sides. And I'm not talking about the Ukraine as far as the, the funding for the war. I'm talking about the United States and other countries as well. UK and France are all benefiting off of this. But people are dying. Russia is getting hugely rich off of what's going on. Pay attention to what's going on, folks. From the Bahrain Express. Victory for Putin as Italy defies Europe and opens a ruble account to pay for gas. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of the American hegemony, all oil has been traded in U.S. dollars since World War II, and that is slowly being eroded away because of one man, and his name is not Vladimir Putin. Right. It's because of Joe Biden. Yes. Who said it? I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Begins with C. C.S. Lewis. Yes, thank you, C.S. Lewis. Okay. I got a lesser cure for you. Lots of pastors see the world without word. And to do so is frankly absurd. You cannot a church grow when he says, I don't know. I have spoken but you haven't heard. Okay, we got a bit of irony here for you today. I entitled this Confused Media from the Superior Word News Service, and that's not the confused media. The subject, <laughs> the subject of... Okay, the Washington Post says, this is the Washington Post. The Washington Post says, racist name of George Washington University must be changed. The Washington Post. <laughs> Okay, and from an AP tweet, this is a tweet from AP, okay, the new service AP, like UPI and all that, Reuters, okay, the AP did a tweet. Elon Musk boasts that he's acquiring Twitter to defend freedom of speech, but he has long used the platform to attack those who disagree with him. Free speech! <laughs> Ta -da! Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week. <laughs>